guardian angels. Guardian angels. That is what we are talking about today in week 30 of our journey in the Resilient Catholics community. We are bringing in spiritual confidants, and I wanted to talk today about someone who is really critical on your journey, on your pilgrimage with us together toward greater internal integration, your guardian angel. Today, we're working with our guardian angels in our efforts towards better human formation. Let's start with a quick review. Last week, week 29, we were working on deepening work with spiritual confidants. We identified a confidant in whom the parts of a particular subsystem can at least tolerate. Remember, one subsystem is made up of all the managers and firefighters centered around one exile. We're looking to work collaboratively and cooperatively with all the parts in that subsystem. And we could have been revisiting a difficult time in a difficult place in our memory. We talked about different ways to titrate the experience of the spiritual confidant to make it more tolerable, more acceptable, feel safer to your parts. So we can uh, we can look at different ages of confidants. We can choose different places, historical periods. We can choose different means of communication like we did in the English garden exercise if you listen to that bonus experiential exercise. You can talk with your spiritual confidant on the phone or by Zoom in your mind's eye. You can use email or text. You can write letters back and forth. These are all ways to help reduce the level of anxiety and increase the level of safety for your parts. A lot of listening and sensing. Communicating with your spiritual confidants can feel a lot like intuition, a felt sense of communication, inspiration. It can be like a touch. We also talked about limiting the length of time that you work with your spiritual confidant because that can also give your protector parts who are concerned a sense that, okay, this is only going to last 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever the length of time is. We address questions about discernment. How do I know I'm engaging with the real spiritual confidant? What if I think I'm talking with God or a saint, but it's really just my, quote, imagination, end quote? What if I'm just making it up? And we talked about how God's involved. The saints are involved. Mary is involved. Angels are involved. You can also check out what you're getting in these communications with your spiritual director or your confessor. We also want to look at the fruits over time. If we're really in relationship with a spiritual confidant, it needs to be good for all our parts. That doesn't mean that all parts necessarily like everything that happens, but that the fruits are good for all the parts in the bonum commune, the common good. So you can ask your spiritual confidant, how's it going? Ask your parts, how's it going? We're seeking, being willing to experiment in prayer. We all have to learn how to be in relationship. Our parts have to learn how to be in relationship, just like little children. That's going to involve some trial and error. That's going to involve some making mistakes. Relationships are very approximate things. There's large margins for error. We want to be humble. We want to be little. This is where St. Teresa of Lisieux is so helpful to me with her emphasis on spiritual childhood and being small and being little. We want to approach this work with trust and confidence, remembering that God really wants a relationship with us. 
and with every part of us. He wants a response from us. He wants us to love him with our whole heart. That means with all of our parts. Okay, so today we're working with our guardian angels as spiritual confidants. And I wanted to open with an address on October 3rd, 1958 by Pope Pius XII. Pope Pius XII reminded us all that our lives are surrounded by the holy angels. He said, quote, each one of us, even the poorest of the poor, has angels watching over him. The angels are glorious, pure, and splendid, but they have been given to us as companions along the way of life. They have the task of watching over you all so that you do not stray from Christ your Lord. Have a familiar relationship with the angels whose constant care is directed towards your salvation and holiness. God willing, you will spend an eternity of joy with the angels. Learn to get to know them now. Right. What really struck me about that quote was our angels have been given to us as companions along the way of life. Remember, we are on this pilgrimage together. And what better companion to have on the pilgrimage than our guardian angel? So let's just take a look at the definition of a guardian angel from the Catholic Dictionary. So the Catholic Dictionary says that the guardian angel is a celestial spirit assigned by God to watch over each individual during life. And the general doctrine of an angel's care for each person is part of the church's constant tradition based on sacred scripture and the teachings of the fathers of the church. And the role of the guardian spirit is to both guide and guard. You'll hear those two words, guide and guard, really associated with guardian angels to guide as a messenger of God's will to our minds and to guard as an instrument of God's goodness in protecting us from evil. This protection from evil is mainly from the evil of sin and the malice of the devil, but it is also a protection from physical evil insofar as this is useful or necessary to guard the soul from spiritual harm. So, guide and guard. right? The Catechism of the Catholic Church says, from the beginning until death, human life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession. That is the watchful care and intercession of guardian angels. Quote, beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd leading him to life. Already here on earth, the Christian life shares by faith in the blessed company of angels and men united in God. I want to emphasize how personal this is. You are the only one entrusted by God to your guardian angel. Guardian angel isn't running a daycare with all kinds of little kids in there. Just one, one one-on-one to guide and guard you throughout your life. An angel. And angels are amazing beings. St. Jerome, the fourth century church father, theologian, and doctor of the church, said of guardian angels, quote, How great the dignity of the soul, since each one has from his birth an angel commissioned to guard it. End quote. Now, a few things about guardian angels. A guardian angel, your guardian angel, knows you better than you know yourself. 
And again, there's this exclusive relationship with you. Your guardian angel is so focused on you as his special charge, his special responsibility from God. So just to go over these two main rules that guardian angels have, to guide and to guard, to guide as a wisdom figure, also as an encourager, and to guard, right, to provide a refuge, a safe place, a protection. He's our protector. And these are other ways of describing the role of your guardian angel. So we have protector, overseer, assistant, shepherd, herdsman, right? Like under the good shepherd, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ as the good shepherd. We have our, our guardian angel as a herdsman and an instructor. And also, I believe as a mediator, right? My guardian angel has said to me, I behold the face of God and I behold you. I behold the face of God and I behold you. And so I experience my guardian angel as a direct link between God and me. Now, there was an interesting Catholic Exchange article. I put this in our extra resources for this week, week 30. The 20 Things Guardian Angels Do for Us by Stephen Beale. And I'm just going to tick through this list. Because it's amazing what they do for us. One, they ward off demons. Two, protect us from harm. Three, strengthen us against temptation. Four, embolden us. Five, intervene miraculously to save us from trouble. Six, guard us from birth. Seven, guard all of us, including unbelievers. Eight, remind us of the dignity of persons. Nine, remind us of God's care for all. 10, bring our needs to God. 11, bring us closer to God. 12, move us to the good. 13, reinforce God's commands. 14, illuminate the truth. 15, strengthen our minds. 16, communicate through our imagination. 17, influence our wills. 18, aid in our salvation. 19, remind us of our ultimate goal. And 20, never leave us. Those are amazing things. And so many of us give little or no thought to our guardian angels. But I want to talk about guardian angels as spiritual confidants. Guardian angels are such a great choice for a spiritual confidant. My guardian angel is so dedicated to me, so invested in me. Your guardian angel is so dedicated to you, so invested in you. And it often feels safer for us to connect with our guardian angels. Sometimes that's the first spiritual confidant that a person will seek out. First of all, that guardian angel is stuck with me. He can't leave me, right? And secondly, I find it's really helpful for those people who have experienced relational bodily trauma, rape, assault. It can be so much easier to trust an angel, an angel who does not have a physical body, an angel who is a pure spirit. When there has been a history of bodily trauma, sometimes parts are just so like, oh, this angel doesn't have a body in the way that my traumatizer did, right? So such a powerful protector can be very important when there's physical trauma. And to know that my guardian angel sees me, hears me, knows me, understands me, comforts me, soothes me, calms me, provides wisdom and guidance, and treasures me. I'm the main focus of his existence. Yes, my guardian angel beholds God, and he loves God through loving me. 
and my guardian angel wills my highest good. Guardian angels have our best interests at heart. From the Catechism, paragraph 350, angels are spiritual creatures who glorify God without ceasing and who serve his saving plans for other creatures. And then the Catechism quotes St. Thomas Aquinas, quote, the angels work together for the benefit of us all, end quote. That's the angelic doctor in the Summa Theologica. The other thing is angels don't need us to help them. There doesn't have to be sort of this reciprocity or mutuality. They're really focused on us. And the other thing that I so appreciate about guardian angels as spiritual confidants is that they are not God. This is really helpful for those people with parts who have very negative God images. And many of you know that I did a whole series on God images in the Interior Integration for Catholics podcast, episodes 23 to 29. Guardian angels are not God. So there are fewer associations and transferences to guardian angels that corrupt or contaminate the way that parts feel about them. And guardian angels just seem more accessible in some ways. Lots of secular people believe in guardian angels. Our guardian angels know us, they love us, they love us deeply, powerfully, personally. They're benevolent and powerful. St. John Bosco said, when tempted, invoke your angel. He is more eager to help you than you are to be helped. Ignore the devil and do not be afraid of him. He trembles and flees at the sight of your guardian angel. And that constancy of guardian angels, that exclusivity and that constancy, our guardian angels are always vigilant. They never sleep. St. John Vianney said, quote, our guardian angels are our most faithful friends because they are with us day and night, always and everywhere. We ought often to invoke them, right? This friendship, St. John Vianney is talking about friendship with your guardian angel. And guardian angels are gentle and kind. St. Anthanasius says, in opposition to the turmoil into which demons throw the soul, the vision of the angels works softly and peaceably, awakening joy and exaltation. Joy and exaltation. Think about that, right? Think about that. Joy and exaltation. That's what our guardian angels bring to us according to the doctor of the church, St. Anthanasius. Now, we communicate with our guardian angel through prayer. We need to be in relationship with our guardian angel. And there's the classic prayer. Many of you may know it. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom his love commits me here, ever this day be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Beautiful little prayer. Some of us learned that as children. We need to be developing this relationship with them, a personal relationship, which is pleasing to our angels, right? Think about it. We make their job so much easier if we're in relationship with them, right? So we want that relationship with them, a personal relationship. We want to be sensitive to their touches because they're not going to force us. They have great respect for our free will. So we want to listen and sense what our angels are trying to communicate. This can feel a lot like intuition, like a felt sense of communication, like inspiration, like hearing a voice, a touch. Your guardian angel may send you a message through some spiritual reading or through scripture or through conversations with a friend. 
And different parts may relate with your guardian angel in very different ways. And that's one of the beautiful things. And angels know how to work with our parts. They know us better than we know ourselves. They know every one of our parts. That discernment about connecting with our angels gets easier over time. It's so important. St. Francis de Sales said, quote, make yourself familiar with the angels and behold them frequently in spirit for without being seen, they are present with you, end quote. I have a particular color of ink for my guardian angel. Dark green is what I use. It's actually a forest green that I use for my guardian angel when I get messages from my guardian angel when there are things that uh, I write from him in my parts journal. Now, we do not want to name our guardian angel or to ask the name of our guardian angel. And I made this mistake when I was in college, back when I was in, when I was like 19. Uh, I went ahead and it wasn't that I so much that I named my guardian angel, but I gave my guardian angel a nickname. And Gretchen Filtz, OP, at goodcatholic.com, gives us four reasons why we shouldn't name or try to discover the name of our guardian angel. First is that angels in the Bible declined to give their names when they were asked. Jacob asked for the name of the angel in Genesis 32. Samson's father asked for the name of an angel in Judges 13. Angels did not tell them. They gave them a gentle rebuke. Secondly, to name something is to claim authority over it, and we don't have any authority over angels. It's presumptuous to think that we could claim authority over angels. Third, fallen angels can interfere in our attempts to learn the names of guardian angels. And fourth, the church told us not to seek the names of our angels. The Directory on Popular Piety and the Liturgy from the Holy See in 2001 said, quote, The practice of assigning names to the holy angels should be discouraged, except in the cases of Gabriel, Raphael, and Michael, whose names are contained in Holy Scripture. End quote. The guardian angel can be a, a member of a team of spiritual confidants. We can have more than one spiritual confidant that we're working with. And I hinted at this before when I talked about how my feisty part likes to be in the home at Nazareth with Mother Mary there and St. Joseph and Jesus. Connecting with all three, they can be a team. So your guardian angel can be a part of a team. Sometimes different parts want to connect with different confidants at the same time. We're going to talk so much more about this in year two. The last thing I want to mention before we end this interconnections talk is that you can consecrate yourself to your guardian angel. I've included in the resources for week 30 a link to the Opus Sanctorum Angelorum, the work of the holy angels, which is an international movement within the Catholic Church that's faithful to the magisterium and it's ordered to promoting devotion to the holy angels and a covenant bond with them through a consecration that's approved by Holy Mother Church. That way, the holy angels may lead us more effectively to God. So if you're really getting into working with your, with your guardian angel, you might consider going to the Opus Sanctorum Angelorum and actually connecting with your holy angel, consecrating yourself to your guardian angel with the resources that they have there. So that's a wrap for our interconnections talk for week 30. You can talk about in, in, your, in your brief discussion now, what kind of relationship you have had with your guardian angel. 
and maybe some new ideas about working with your guardian angel as a spiritual confidant with your parts? Are you willing to try a new way of praying, of relating with your guardian angel? Because that's what I'm going to offer you in the experiential exercise, which is coming up after your time for discussion. I'll see you on the other side.